I blew eight hours watching the elections last night. All the excitement I felt during the day popped like a balloon at about 9 p.m. It was a very disappointing election night. But there is a silver lining. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, last night, not a great night. Josie knew it. Josie went home because she said, oh, God, here goes Gene. And I, I, I didn't. I didn't go off too bad. I was lucky. I was watching Louder with Crowder um, election coverage, and they were disappointed, too, but they were um, they make it fun. So at least I laughed all night till about midnight, and I was kind of like, ugh. So let's go over what happened in this election. Um, and it's not finished yet. I mean, Arizona, California, Washington, or I think Oregon, Washington. They're still working things out. Arizona, Nevada, they're still working things out. So we still have, nothing is 100% yet. Though we can pretty much tell what's going to end up happening. So here we go. So as far as the Senate it's still up for grabs. Uh, the Republicans lead it so far, 49 to 48. Uh, the three states that still haven't picked their senators are Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada. Uh, it sounds like Nevada looks to go red, but it's really close. Um, Arizona looks to go blue, but it's uh, that's not as close. The Georgia race looks like it's going to go uh, to a runoff. And right now, Herschel Walker is, is going up against Raphael Warnock. It's not looking good. He's actually down. Uh, Herschel Walker is down by 40,000 votes. I don't see a runoff as being much of a difference. I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for Georgia to act, the Secretary of State to actually make some announcements about that. So, I my guess is going to be 50-50 because I'm not sure that Herschel Walker is actually going to win in a runoff against Raphael Warnock. I this is just an example of how why it's important to have decent candidates when you actually run when you when you're going to run people. I uh, we will talk about that a little bit later. Currently, the Republicans look like they will take the House, but again, the votes aren't all in. Right now, they currently lead 204 to 176. They only need 218 for a majority. It's predicted that they will end up with about 224, which again is a huge disappointment. They were talking yesterday they were talking about Republicans having a 240 to 250 uh, lead uh, no, members of Congress. So that's really not cool. Uh, as far as the governor's races go, this is this is some of the good news. Stacey Abrams of Georgia and Beto O'Rourke, who's running in Texas, finally their political careers both may be over. Beto O'Rourke lost by like 20 points, and Stacey Abrams, I think she lost by 12 or 13 points. Let me take a look what they what they did here. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, so he uh, Beto O'Rourke lost by 
12 points, 11 points. And Stacey Abrams lost to Brian Kemp by about eight points, nine point, eight points. So, and uh, Abbott was the one in um, in Texas who beat him. So that's good. Though two of the most irritating guys in the country, they may be absolutely finished. Uh, Florida and New York, uh, Oregon and Arizona, they're still being counted. So. We don't know. It, Arizona looks like it's going to. Let's see, Arizona. It right now that is really close. It is that's separated by about twelve thousand votes. So Carrie Lake and Kath, Kathy Hobbs, I think her name is Karen Hobbs. I don't remember what her name is, but Hobbs is leading. The Democrat is leading Lake, the Republican, but it's only sixty six percent reported. Oregon. Um, the Republican is down by a percentage point. So that's about, oh, about 14,000 votes. But that, again, is also early, so 66%. So we'll have to see what happens with those two. Um, the Oregon one, if the Republican could pull it off, that's going to be a pretty big deal since they haven't had any, um, they haven't had any, Republican in office for, I don't know, forever. Florida and New York, uh, as far as uh, New York and Michigan, Kathy Hochul won her race in New York with a um, with a five-point lead. So she remains governor. Gretchen Whitmer won her race with a 11-point lead, 10-point lead, something somewhere around there, 10.5-point lead. I, you know, I don't want to hear anymore about all the crime in New York. I don't want to hear about the high taxes. I don't in New York and Michigan, for that matter, because these people basically voted themselves tyrants. They're pro lockdown. They're pro indoctrination into school. They're pro crime. Anti-bail, and these folks do not like Kathy Hochul. She's too stupid. She, well, both of them are. She thinks this is basically a referendum, saying that what she's doing is she's doing a great job. Now she's not, and and this is no, this is no establishment that the Democrats are doing a good job. Last night was not. We're going to talk about why they lost in a few minutes. Why the Republicans just got smacked up around. I mean, they're going to take the House. So they are going to take the House. I didn't even talk about the House. I just went straight to the governors. So we'll, we'll get to that, back to the House in a second. Ron DeSantis, on the positive, won by almost 20 points. As a matter of fact, Florida has gone completely red now. They are as red as blood. So they, Florida is now a guaranteed state for 2024. As far as the House goes, it looks like uh, we're going to win the House. Republicans are going to win the House. But again, the votes aren't all in. Currently, as of right this moment, unless something has updated in the last three seconds, uh, it is currently at 204 to 176. Oh, I, did I did say that. I did say that. I did talk about the House. So let's go back. Now, Florida and New York, something we really do have to look at. Florida and New York really shifted. Um, Florida is completely red, like I said. Miami-Dade County, which was a very blue district, 
went red for the first time since I've been alive. I don't remember Miami-Dade ever being red. In fact, in Florida itself, there were only five districts that were blue. In that entire state, only five districts were blue. New York was the same way thing. Now, um, what's his name? Zeldin may have lost in New York, but the Republicans actually picked up five seats in New York. They went from blue to red. And it's basically because they were riding on Lee Zeldin's coattails. Because Lee Zeldin ran a very good race. He did. He ran a very... But you got to remember, New York is really deep blue. So that's that's a positive. Now, the Wall Street Journal had a great article today uh, on the breakdown of what happened. Okay, so they, they broke it down on... Depending on the blocks, they, they broke it down. So by gender, let's go over that a little bit. So by gender... Men voted Republican 55 to 43. Women voted Democrat 49 to 48. Now that's a that's a big difference. That's a big difference. Suburban women, women did not vote for President Trump. I want you to keep that in mind. All right. So 2018, 2016, 2018, 2020, especially white suburban women, they actually were turned off by Trump and they didn't vote for him. So this is the first time that women have actually they're pretty even. Now let's take a look um let's take a look at the voters the breakdown by the party. So 18 to 24 year by age. 18 to 24 year olds, 53 to 41 they voted democrat. So 18 to 24. 25 to 29 year olds, 53 to 43 it voted for democrat. 30 to 39 52 to 44 voted Democrat. Then from 40 to 49, 49 to 48, Democrat. And then anybody over 50, they voted uh, They voted uh, Republican by, I mean, almost 20 points. 57 to 41, 65 plus, 55 to 44. Now, this is not good. This is not good for Republicans. Because 65 plus, a lot of folks are going to die. A lot of folks are not going to be able to vote. They're going to need to really attract the younger folks. Those over 50, you the only good news for Republicans in that case, people over 50 usually always vote. They, so if you have a room of 10 people that are over 50, nine of them are going to vote. That's very common. Whereas if you have a, a 10, if you have a, 10 people, 18 to 29, maybe four of them will vote. So there, that is the good thing. But the problem is we are going to be hemorrhaging voters soon because a lot of those people, they're going to die. They're not going to be able to vote. So this is something that we really need to, Republicans really need to push. They need to attract those voters. It also is why Republicans actually need to make education really one of their top priorities because a lot of these children, a lot of these kids, these young folks are being taught this leftist ideology, democratic ideology in schools. Okay, so let's get by race and ethnicity. Now, this is a good story. Okay, white, 59% of whites voted for uh, Republican versus 39% of Democrats. Black, this is good. 83% voted Democrat, 
and 14% voted Republican. This is a good thing. Republicans, I've even heard, and I, I'm thinking maybe this poll is a little off, but I, I trust the Wall Street Journal's when it, Journal when it comes to this. But the blacks typically voted Democratic in single digits, in in almost in almost ninety over ninety percent of the time. Biden got ninety two percent of the black vote. Obama got ninety eight percent of the black vote. Now it's going down to fourteen percent. If the black vote gets to 20%, that's going to be a problem for Democrats. Um, Latino vote, 56 voted Democrat, 40% voted Republican. This is a huge jump. It used to be in the teens. It turns out that the Democrat policies on the border just aren't very popular. So a lot of Hispanics voted. In Florida, it was like at 60%. Now, when we say Hispanics, I'm not I don't just mean Cubans. Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and Venezuelans in Florida voted Republican. So that's a big deal. Okay, now let's talk about education and this is kind of a surprise here. So, if you had a high school degree or less, 56% voted Republican and 40% voted Democratic. Why? They're working people, working class people. That's what's important here. And this is the messaging Republicans need to push. We are for the working class. The Democrats are not. And you can see that because people who had postgraduate degrees are considered the elite of our society. So they have master's degrees and and doctorate degrees. They voted Democratic 58 to 40. People with some colleges voted Republican, 54 to 44. This is something, and then a college graduate, it was even. It was 49, 48, Democrat. But this is something the Republicans have to push. Don't let the Democrats control the narrative that they are the uh, party of the worker. They're not. They're not. They're the party of the elite. They're the party of the... The, the, the famous, the rich, the smart. And, you know, here's a newsflash. You can have a postgraduate degree. You can have a college degree. I have a college degree. That doesn't make you smart. That doesn't make you knowledgeable. That doesn't make you wise. It's crap. Okay, so this is by community. And this should not be a surprise at all. And this is one of the reasons why we have the Electoral College. Urban, people who live in cities. 63 voted Democrat, 34 voted Republican. Suburban areas, 48 voted Democrat, 49 voted Republican. Small towns, 37 to 59, Republican. And rural, 30 to 67, Republican. This is why we have an electoral college. If you look at the, if you look at the political map of California, California is red. There is red everywhere. Lancaster, San Diego, Orange County, Maricopa, or um, not Maricopa, that's Arizona, but um, uh, San Bernardino. Even Northern California, north of, um, north of San Francisco, like Eureka. These are all conservative areas. They're all red. Where are they blue? Los Angeles, Sac- San Francisco, 
downtown San Diego, um, uh, where else? Uh, Sacramento. Okay, these are why. This is why California continually is blue. Not to mention California is corrupt, and they've set it up to be an autocracy. So, a one-party system. So they've set it up that way. But this is this is one of the issues. Okay, so let's take a look. Another is voter attitudes. This was kind of a this is kind of neat. So 47% of the people, this is this is what they thought. What were the most important issues? 47% thought the economy is the most important issue. 9% thought abortion was the issue. 8% thought climate change was the biggest issue. 9% thought immigration. 8% said crime. 7% said healthcare and 6% said gun po- policy were the most important issues. I'm surprised about abortion and uh, climate change. I did not think those were going to be that high. Matter of fact, the last poll I looked at, it said that abortion was at like 5%. So abortion is a big deal. Climate change is kind of a big deal. I'm also surprised that immigration and crime are so low. I would have thought crime would have been probably in the 20s. I thought it would be a lot higher. And immigration... Immigration should be in the 20s. I don't know why immigration is not seen as a real problem. But this is the one thing. Okay, let's take the let's take abortion for a second. They see it 9% of the people see it as as really the most important issue. This is why we can't get crazy as Republicans on the abortion issue. We shouldn't just sit there and say let's ban it outright. Okay? And that and in California, if you look at all of the that's what they talk about all the time. Abortion, abortion, abortion. They can't run on the economy. They can't run on climate change because no one cares about climate change. They can't run on immigration. They can't run on crime. They can't run on anything. So they brought abortion and made that into a major issue. Well, it kind of worked. Kind of. But the reality is, Republicans, if they want to not make abortion a big deal, you don't go out there and just destroy it. You don't go out there and get rid of it altogether. You chip away at it. One of the good things they're doing is, okay, let's just drop to 15 weeks. That's what a lot of states have done that are anti-abortion. A lot of those states, they don't want abortion at all. So they just kind of chip away at it to keep their base happy. And Because most people, Republican or Democrat, they're not against abortion. Completely against abortion. They just want it regulated. Let the Democrats go crazy where they're saying the kid could be six years old and you still have a right to abort it. Okay, now this is this there's some stuff that's going to be kind of interesting coming. Um, how confident are you with the elections? Uh, 37% said very confident. 35% said somewhat confident. 19% said not too confident. 8% not at all. Now, here's the thing about this whole thing. Um... I didn't think I didn't think there was any real real issues yesterday. Yes, Maricopa County in Arizona, 20% of their machines go down. Now that doesn't mean that I think the the election was rigged. It just tells me we should not be using machines. We should be using paper ballots. Maricopa County, by the way, where uh, I believe it is um Arizona is lo- or Arizona, the Phoenix is located. It, yeah, I mean it's a pretty liberal city. I, I just have a hard time believing that, oh, suddenly they all went down. I personally think this doesn't show corruption in the 
in this in the elections. I just think it's we shouldn't be using machines. We should be using paper ballots. We've been using paper ballots until up until 2020. Why we have to have machines now, I have no idea. But machines themselves can be hacked. They're corruptible. Let's just get rid of those. I just don't understand why we haven't gotten rid of those. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I do, I can't lie. I cannot lie. I don't believe the, uh, I don't believe the elections are legit. I do believe there is a lot of corruption in these elections. I do believe there's a lot of cheating in these elections. Uh, I don't care how many lawyers the Heritage Foundation sent to, um, Maricopa or any of these places. I do think there's cheating going on, especially let's say in California, things like that. Now, remember what I said. We should vote on one day, maybe expand it to two days, give people a day off for it. But I do not think that that the, we should be doing this for a month early. And I don't think we should be doing it electronically. I think we should... Do, and we should know who wins the election that night. Like this crap that's happening right now, that we don't know who's won the elections in the West Coast, that's crap. We should know who won the election. And by the way, I don't want to make it convenient to vote. I want to stand in a line to vote. The reason I want to stand, I want it to be in a moderately inconvenient. Because then that's the person who should be voting. Because most people who don't vote because it's way too inconvenient, those people shouldn't be voting. Okay. So, now we just discussed what is happening, right? Now, what the F happened? How was this not a red tsunami? Well, there's a bunch of things that caused this little trickle instead of a tsunami. And I think we should we should go for them, and I think we should be totally uh, honest about it. First off, I blame Republican leadership. I think the Republicans have a crappy message. They have horrid messaging when they do message. They don't really have a platform. They don't actually give solutions. Now, someone like me who follows politics on a day-in, day-out day basis, I know what their solutions are. But they should be going out there and giving the people their solutions. Democrats were actually running on that. They said, oh, well, Republicans don't know what to do with inflation. Republicans don't know what to do. They don't have any solutions for the uh, energy crisis. No, that's not true. They do have solutions. And for some reason... Today, Stefanik, a representative in the House, she actually said, well, we need to open drilling and we need to do this. Oh, where the frick were you before the election to actually sit there and fight against the misinformation that the Democrats are throwing that you don't know what to do? Why wasn't Kevin McCarthy sitting back and saying, hey, you need to... You need to, no, that's not true. We know exactly what to do. Lower regulations, open up the permits, allow drilling on public lands. We did this before. We know what to do. We have more oil and we know what to do with. We're just not drilling because this administration doesn't want to drill. They never fought back. They're spineless. I think personally, the people at the RNC, I think personally, Kevin McCarthy, should not have any leadership positions. The RNC, every one of them should be fired. That's a Republican National Committee. It should be just canned. Kevin McCarthy should not be Speaker of the House. Put someone with a, with some balls in, up there. 
that's not going to be that's not going to be you know timid shaking in the corner we needed stronger we needed stronger candidates we had very weak candidates Doug Mastriano, Mehmet Oz, Herschel Walker. These guys were terrible candidates. Mehmet Oz didn't even seem like he knew why he was running for for the Senate. I mean, he lost to a guy with brain damage. And that brings us again to the weakness of the Republican Party. This is not this this whole thing. This whole thing was not a a validation for the Democrats. It was not. Now, the, the Democrats are going to think that, and that's great. I'll, we'll talk about that in a few seconds. Let the Democrats think that everyone loves what they're doing. Okay? They're so arrogant, they don't realize maybe we should change some things out. They're not going to do that. But the problem is, Trump is always in the picture. Trump needs to be out of the picture. Trump is a problem. They are sitting in the shadow of Trump, and they need to push him out. That is really a big problem. The problem, he's going to make a big announcement this week, probably that he's running for president, which, why he did this, he made that big announcement on Sunday, two days before the election. Why he had to do that, I don't know. No, I do know. Do you know what it is? It's his ego. It's not for the betterment of the country with Trump anymore. It's all about his ego. He's butthurt about 2020. He insulted DeSantis the day before the election? Why would you do that? He's talking crap about Senate candidates that he supported the day of the election? Why would he do that? Because they didn't kiss his ring? Why would he do that? I mean, he cost us the Senate in 2020 when he told everyone, don't even vote because in Georgia it's all screwed up. It cost us two Senate seats. We could have had the majority in the Senate. He talks about, he talks way too much garbage about fellow Republicans. He's just not that great. And he doesn't even pick good Republicans. He picked Mehmet Oz, for Christ's sake, in, in uh, Pennsylvania. The kicker is, too, I don't think Trump has that kind of poll anymore. A lot of candidates that he supported, they didn't win. They lost. He's way too polarizing. A lot of Republicans don't like him, so they won't vote for him. They won't. They, they would rather vote for the Democrat or just not vote at all. His base is the only thing that makes him exciting, and his base makes up maybe 30% of the vote. Finally, the other reason, I just wish he'd go away. He's 78 years old. If he runs, he will be 78 years old. Excuse me, let me read He's 76 now. We really need new blood. And I think Republicans need to separate themselves from him. I don't think he's that popular anymore. I think if he goes up against DeSantis and any number of Republican candidates, they beat him in the primary. We can learn from Trump and his policies. Uh, We can learn about his leadership. But I think we really need to just let him go. Let him go play golf, Mr. President. You're semi-retired. Go play golf. Enjoy your life. Now, I know everything here, it sounds like doom and gloom. 
But while I was walking today, I said to myself, you know, maybe yesterday, yesterday's results aren't a bad thing. Now, mind you, yesterday's results not being a bad thing is really dependent on whether we get the house. Right now, it looks like we are going to get the house. But let's assume we're going to get the house and we're way up on it now, or we're, we're pretty up on it now. Let's look at what was positive, the silver lining. This may not have been a bad thing. Matter of fact, maybe it was better we didn't win the Senate or we don't win the Senate. So let's take a look away. So Dems are going to see this as, like I said, not a referendum. It's going to be a referendum on Republicans. And it's going to be most of the country likes that what the policies of the Democratic Party. That's not true. They just, voters just weren't excited about who was running as Republicans. Mehmet Oz is a prime example. Mehmet Oz was a crappy... He's not even from Pennsylvania. He's running for senator in Pennsylvania. So what does that mean? They're going to keep trying to do all that crazy crap. The, the transing of the kids. CRT. LGBTQ. Spend, spend another two, three trillion dollars to save the world and climate. Let's not go out there and dig any, dig any, uh, uh, or drill anymore to, to solve the energy crisis. The good news, this is another positive. If we have the house, all that means is that, that they won't be able to, he won't be able to do it. So you want to spend another trillion dollars? No. You want to spend $500 billion to repay student loans? No. So now you've got actual, you've got actual oversight. Now, if Republicans take the House, there are things they do have to do. They can introduce small bills to accentuate the Democrat craziness. They can actually, and small bills. I'm, I'm talking seven to ten pages. For example... You can't trans the kids. Remove drilling regulations in certain areas. Make Democrats actually say no or the president veto this stuff. And then all Republicans can do, well, I mean, we're trying to fix everything. You won't let us fix anything. You can't tell us that we aren't doing anything. And these bills, not omnibus packages, actually little bills that basically say uh, release all drilling, allow all drilling permits and release all regulations in Alaska or Texas. Say it. Sit there and say, build a wall. Let them deny it. Let them in the Senate or in the, or let the president veto it. Let them just keep sending bills that will not pass. That's their job. Show that they're doing their jobs. They can do investigations. Now, I don't want to go crazy with the investigations, but there are some things I think we need to look at. For example, the Hunter Biden laptop. I think that needs to be looked at. What is Joe Biden's relationship to Ukraine and China? Where is the laptop? Why is no one actually doing anything about it? How about the uh, weaponization of the FBI, the DOJ, and the IRS? can investigate that. I'm sure everyone wants to know what's going on there. How about Afghanistan? The pullout, Afga the pullout in Afghanistan. 13 soldiers died. 
Maybe we, and that was never investigated. Maybe we should investigate that. How about the quid pro quo offer with Saudi Arabia, where Saudi Arabia says, yeah, no, he wanted us to give him oil. He threatened to take away our weapons if we didn't give him oil a month before the election. How about that? Why can't we investigate that? Maybe that's something to investigate. Now, I want to be careful here. Don't over-investigate. We do not need over-investigation. That is not going to help. That is going to, that is going to become annoying. Do some investigations, pass a lot of bills, send them over to the White House, and let the White House veto them all. That's what they should do. And the fact that Joe Biden is a lame duck president, that's 99.9% of it. Because if Joe Biden is a lame duck president, he can't do this crazy, let's pass $6 trillion. Now that's what they're going to have to do. But the biggest thing they need to do with King Biden is take away his response, his take back legislative responsibility and bring it back to the House, bring it back to Congress. Joe Biden has been ruling by executive order since he became he came into office. And the fact is he thinks he has the ability to do all that. He thinks none of this is unconstitutional. Or he does know it's unconstitutional, but he doesn't care about the constitution. Take it back. Say, "Nope, you can't do that." If he tries to sign that Iran nuclear deal, which by the way, he's not going to, that that looks dead dead as Dillinger. The Congress should sit there and say, nope, you can't do that, and sue him. That's something a lot of people don't know, including myself. I didn't know this. But Congress, he can make a a, a deal like, I want to have student loan forgiveness for $500 billion. All Congress has to do is sue him. And Joe Biden, and it'll go to the Supreme Court, and then he'll lose. Because he can't do that. It's the responsibility of Congress to do that. And they can do this. Okay, here's what they should not do. All right, so the House, they can do this, but they shouldn't do it. They should avoid it. Impeachment. There should be no impeachment unless you have evidence, hardcore evidence, that can easily prove that Joe Biden broke the law. I think if we look at that Hunter Biden laptop, there might be enough evidence for that. No one likes impeachment, but it has to be something strong like that. There has to be evidence here. People do not like impeachment. They think it's a waste of time and money. So don't do it. And of course, uh, we want to avoid a lot of investigation. Nope, not a lot of investigations. Investigate what's important. Finally, the debt ceiling thing. Republicans have always challenged the White House on the debt ceiling, raising the debt ceiling, which is weird because Joe Biden keeps telling us he's cut the national debt in half. Uh, we're at thirty-one trillion right now, so I know he hasn't cut the the he hasn't cut the uh, national debt, but. Raising the debt ceiling to keep the government open. Republicans are typically the ones that just... Me, personally, I would like them to say, no, we're not doing this until... Uh, we're not. You're not raising the debt ceiling until we cut our spending. That's what I'd like to see. But I'm a red-blooded conservative, so that's not a shock, and I don't believe in government should be spending my money on crap I don't want. 
But what the problem is, most of the country doesn't agree with me on that. They don't want the government closed. They see it as, what do you say, um, chaotic, and they don't like it. So Republicans should probably avoid fighting on the debt ceiling battlefield. It's probably not necessary. Okay, that's it. That is my 36-minute review of what went on at the White House. I probably could have spent another two hours on it, but we've got other news stories we need to talk about. So I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>